back with another episode of Riverland Footy Folklore and one of the region's most prolific football identities, an independent footy icon with Maruk Kingston, one of the Riverland's prominent media personalities as editor of the Murray Pioneer and someone who very nearly didn't have a footy career at all, Mr Paul Mitchell. How are you, mate? Good morning, Nick. How are you going, mate? Very good, mate. Very good. Um, after 13 years in the uh, editor's chair at the Murray Pioneer, yep. decided to move on. Can you tell us what you're doing now? Um, yeah, I'm working in a marketing position in Adelaide mm-hmm. for uh, Thoroughbred Racing SA. Yep. So I've been there for a few months. And that's a passion of yours, obviously, racing. Do you have the passion? Yeah, yeah, love the footy. Yep. Love the good racing, not into anything else. But, um, so yeah, it's been a different, been a bit of change, change of pace and scenery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, excellent, mate. Well, let's rewind to the start um, with your footy. Can you tell me how your footy journey started in the in the 1980s with, with Barmer and Monash? Did mum and dad have an influence or brothers getting you into football? Yeah, well, the brothers were very much involved with Berry Footy Club. Yeah. Brian coached there and um, played there and Colin as well. And they're you know part of the Berry Footy Club uh, scenery and dad was involved in Berry Footy Club. But I went to a primary school in Barmer. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Save for one year when I played juniors for Berry, I've been Barmer all the way through. Yep. Uh, and uh, just playing footy with your mates at Barmer, pretty much. Yep. Um, through to, yeah, through the juniors, fourteens and sixteens and eighteens. Yeah. Yep. And dad and brothers didn't have any problem with you playing for the opposition, particularly oh, no. that rivalry between Berry and Barmer. No, not no, not really. I think, I think that you know maybe I would have been preferred if I played for Berry, but it was never a, never a big thing yeah yep. I mean I always respected them and what they did for yep. Barry um, and dad was just happy for, I was playing footy wherever he'd follow me no matter who I was playing for he mm-hmm. was that, that type of bloke so yep. yeah so it could be yeah, dad was on the committee might have been you know vice president at one stage and um, played a little bit of footy for Barry so um, but yeah he was happy for me to play for Barmer so yeah excellent um, you played all your juniors at Barmer, like you mentioned, and um, you won the best in Ferris in nineteen eighty seven with the under eighteen. Yeah, right? won the under eighteen's best Ferris. Yeah, Albert yeah. uh, was coach. Already. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He would have been a pretty hard taskmaster. I yeah, imagine. it was. Yeah, it was always fun with Albert. Some yeah. of the stuff he'd come out with was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, things changed pretty rapidly after that. Um, you had a, a car accident, and, yeah. um, and that uh, impacted your footy for a long time didn't it yeah I had a car accident just after the season finished so about October or so 87 um, and uh, yeah hurt my back hurt some vertebrae in my back so I wasn't I couldn't play footy f- for four years basically mm-hmm. um, couldn't do any exercise basically for four years so I sort of wasted away a bit yeah. um, I'm not that I'm a very big guy now but I was a super skinny dude then and uh, yeah couldn't couldn't do anything for about three and a half years at least and then um Went to a different Cairo, Parry, Carl Vasidis in Berry, and he mm-hmm. put me on a completely different program. We flipped everything over. Yep. And ended up, yeah, playing a bit of footy uh, in the Bees for Barmer in 1991. So that mm-hmm. was, I, yeah, it was great. I just, any footy was a bonus. Yeah. yeah. So how, how tough was that period between 87 and 91 where you, you're not playing football? Something you obviously really loved, and you, you're in your prime. You just come off the under-18s, best in Ferris, and probably ready to step into A grade. Yeah, I, was, I had high hopes for the next year, but I was the worst. It was just, I was in pain, A, to start with all you know, all the time, mm-hmm. um, but B, not being able to play footy was just, it was as bad as it got. Particularly, you know, my mate, my mates were all, you know, going on and playing senior footy and yep. and here's me, you know, uh, yeah, just completely out of the out of the picture and probably missed 
some of the best years, I would have thought. So, yeah, it was really, really bad, and I was so desperate to get back. Yeah. yeah. So you couldn't run at all, is that right? Or? No, that, that's right, yeah. yeah right. Couldn't, so, couldn't exercise, basically, yeah. yeah. So what was the, the rehab like once you visited Parry? Yeah. He's giving you this new program to, to get yourself right. What was that? Was that really grueling to, to get yourself up to up to scratch? Uh, it was just smarter, I think. Um, did a lot of riding on the bike, which I never really did much. Mm-hmm. Um, and the parry just fixed just fixed seemed to fix me up. So um, yep. once we decided this direction we were going to go in, it was only a matter of three or four months of work, and and I was back at footy training. I couldn't believe it. So I had yeah. you know three years where I could do nothing and then uh, within three months or so Parry had turned my whole world around again so yep. always grateful to Parry. Yeah. I, I guess that um, that hard work you know you sort of kept that throughout your whole football career didn't you you always kept your fitness up and I'm presuming you're thinking well in case something happens again with, with the back or yeah look because um, I knew I wasn't very talented I needed to have an advantage over other people if I wanted to be even competitive so um I needed to be fit, and at Barmer at that stage, when I came back, we had Buff Tyrrell there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he was very big on fitness. And fortunately, uh, a couple of my mates were really right into fitness as well. Martin Hill and Ron Millington, yep, um, and Kim Gilgan. They were and Kim Gilgan was an amazing runner. Um, so I had some mates who were much fitter than me at that stage. So um, uh, yeah, I've I've realised that I've certainly haven't got the natural gifts that a lot of other blokes have got. And as I got older older and older, I realised I had to train harder and harder just to be around the mark. And by the time I got to Marook years later, um, yeah, I was just, fitness was the was my whole thing. Yeah. yeah, that's what I relied on. So what was that first game back like? You said you played in the B grade. Yeah. I imagine it would have been a bit of trepidation going into that first one, or was it just once you got out there, it was it was fine? Uh, it was way career, way career, I remember it well. It was about round eight or nine of that year, I reckon. Um, and... And I was really excited before the game. I remember during the game, um, we actually won. I remember during the game, I kept going to my knees a lot um, because you, you can train as much as you want, but you can't get fit for footy. Yeah. I, remember, I remember going to my knees a lot and sort of having one of those dreams where, you know, we, I don't know if you have them, where you can't quite get to the ball or, you know, you for some reason you can't move your legs. It was sort of like living through one of those bad, yeah, okay. one of those <laughs> bad dreams. And then um, the next day, I was just I was so sore for about... Two, two, two or three days in a row. But as I played more games, it got better and easier and I played a few more half-decent half games. So. Sore but ecstatic, I'd imagine. Yeah, it was just, I was wrapped just to be running out in the field. It was weird. And then I had the same experience years later when I did my knee in my first game for Marook. Um, and, uh, hang on, was that when I didn't? No, I know what it was. It was when I hurt my knee in 2004. I didn't play for three years Again till two thousand and seven, and then I played my first game was against you blokes, Peringa or Peringa, and I had the same feeling again. I, you sort of run out into the field, and you don't know what you're doing out there, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a weird, a weird ass feeling. But um, that was great. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, you remained at Barmer for for nine years after that. Was a bit of A grade footy sprinkled in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah when off, yeah. Um, I was only ever a, a fringe. Well, on my good days, I was I, I, I was okay, and if mm. I had a good base of fitness, as I said. I was reasonably confident that I could play A-grade footy, yeah. but I didn't have too many clear pre-seasons. I always seemed to have injuries. I had a, two good pre-seasons at Barmer uh, and played mostly A-grade footy for those two years, but mm-hmm. you know I battled in a lot of the other ones, yeah. yeah. I imagine, though, your, your first A-grade game, 
after all the work you've done to get back, um, it would have been an amazing feeling. Who was coaching then, and can, can you remember much about the game? Yeah, I do. It was Frog Fisher, um, yeah. and I had a really good pre-season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry, what year, what year was this? 1994. Yep. So I played, you know, battered away in the Bs as a skinny rate with um, not much of an idea. So 1994 it was, and it was round one, and we were playing Loxton at Barmer, and I was so pumped um, to play my first A-grade game. You know, Snoopy Burns, mm-hmm. Red Buecker. Yep all those legends, and we got done by 144 points. <laughs> <laughs> Back to earth. <laughs> um, and a guy called Cameron Mansell, uh, who has a checkered history, I think, since then, he reckon he kicked 13 goals or something yeah. like that, and I played in the back lines. I remember the ball just going over my head all day through the goals. But, yeah. uh, but uh, I still love the fact that I played a great footy. So. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And you were around in 95, would have been around the mark when Palmer played in the grand final in 95? Played that year, played in that grand final at yep. Loxton. Um, I got hurt in the last minor round game, I reckon, and then Froggy brought me back in for the grand final, which I was grateful for at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we got well and truly stitched up in the grand final by Chopper and Rick Modra and Co. Yep. Yeah. Um, I guess that's grand final is a bit of a theme throughout your career. Then we'll get, get delve into that a little bit more. But <laughs> no, um, at Barmer, you would have you mentioned some of those names like Snoopy and Red Buecker and, and guys like that. What yeah. was it like at that time at Barmer with, with some of those legends? And, and you mentioned playing under, under Buff Tyrrell as well. Yeah, well, in 87, when Barmer was still obviously on that winning run, um, I was involved you know, playing under-18s and training with the seniors then. And it was just amazing, you know, Van der Beesens and all the big names. Snow Millard. Yeah, Snow Millard. And uh, it was, it was their the willingness to train hard um, and do extra work and train three nights a week uh, and their closeness was just phenomenal yep. um, and uh, that's probably why they won you know five in a row mm. uh, and there was still the remnants of that in the early 90s when I was able to resume um, you know that sort of train hard mantra and no excuses for not being at training and um, it was footy first and everything second yep. so that's certainly changing now that balance but that's mm. what it was Back in those days in Barmer, it was footy come first and then you worked your job and your life and everything else in yeah. and around footy, so it was amazing. But yeah, some of those blokes were just amazing footballers, yeah. Anyone that stood out in particular? Um, Rudy Vanderbeesen trained like a trained like he played, so he trained flat out mm. and was just a demon. Um, and, and I was lucky to play a few games with Des Drogmuller and uh, his skills were just like... his. He never fumbled, and he's like a vacuum cleaner when the ball was on the ground, and he was tough, mm-hmm. could read the footy really well. And so, yeah, Desiree stood out in that in those early 90s. Yep. And then, yeah, they had some outstanding players later in the 90s, Barmer as well, but not as good a team. Yep. Uh, during this time with Barmer, you, um, you left your job with the bank Yep. and uh, and joined the team at the, at the Murray Pioneer. I imagine that would have been a bit of a, not, maybe not a lifelong dream, but a dream come true to work in, um, you know, this, Working sport and in particular football. No, it was yeah. I remember um, I was yeah so pleased to not only leave the bank, which you know they were good to me and met some lovely people there, but it wasn't for me. It wasn't my career for me. So mm-hmm. um, to move into journalism, particularly sports journalism at that stage, was yeah just a dream, a dream come true. Yeah, it was. I couldn't have been any happier when Jacko offered me the job. It was yep. great, and uh, I'm, I've definitely never looked back from there. Yep, excellent. Um, we'll get back to your work a little bit more a bit later. Um, 
in, in 2000, you made, I guess, a life-changing decision to leave Barmer Monash you know, to, to move to Mrook Kingston. Yeah. Um, I guess at the time were probably basket cases of the independent competition. What brought about that move and um, who were sort of the key players involved there and, and, and why, I guess? Probably a big question. So I was assistant slash B-grade coach at Barmer under Lester Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Lester was a great... Like, from a coaching point of view, I learned a lot from Leicester. He knew his footy, really knew his footy. Um, but I didn't agree with some of the things Leicester was doing at, at the club. Um, now, I could have been wrong and Leicester right, or it could have been the other way around. But I've virtually said if Leicester's here in 2001, I'm not going to be here. Yeah, right. Um, and, of course, the club went with the senior coach who played league footy rather than just some schmo like me. So um, so Leicester was reappointed and I left. Um and I had a couple of clubs show a bit of interest in me, and one of them was Marook. Mm-hmm. The um, other ones were? Um, Cobby. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, at that stage at least. And then a fellow called John Lawrence, who you may or may not remember, a big fat fellow called John Lawrence. <laughs> um, he sort of comes sniffing around the, the pioneer. Um, and then I, had, I went and had a chat with uh, Tom Gratz and the late, great Vic Morena down at Marook. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, these blokes seem, seem pretty good. And they were keen to have me on board. And I said, I reckon I could drag a few players across, you know, from around the place. Yep. And so, end of 2000, I signed on for Marook. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine that would have been a, a pretty daunting task to sort of try and lift them off the bottom. You had some good help, though, guys like uh, Trev Norton and, and Darren Vandy at Vanderwood. Um, what, what, was the, what was your first job when you got there? What, what was the first thing you had to do to get this team back up to being a finals contender again? Um, well, we didn't have any players, um, and I think we f- we might have won one game in 2000, and that mm-hmm. might have been against in- United, yep. I've got a feeling. Um, but yeah, certainly times were tough at Marook. Uh, my first mission was just to get some players, yep. uh, because I know they, I knew they had struggled for numbers and quality and all, all, all sorts of things. And with a new coach from completely out, I had no association with Marook previously. Mm-hmm. So I had some advantages there in that... Um, uh, when there's a fresh face, that sort of brings some fresh in enthusiasm and people get a bit curious. So I was able to drag, you know, half a dozen blokes from Barmara mm-hmm. um, and made a lot of phone calls, a lot of personal visits um, with uh, one of the blokes was Darren Vanderwood, who mm-hmm. I played footy with at Barmara and coached at Barmara. And uh, we made a lot of phone calls and did a lot of miles uh, and we sort of, that was before the points system came in, so we just dragged a heap of blokes out to Marook. Um, I didn't know Trev Norton at that stage either. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was the first mission, just get some... Get, I always said if you can get some numbers, you can get something happening, and it doesn't matter the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got guys to spare at the end of the selection night, well, then you can actually do something with them. But when you're scratching for numbers, that's always been my theory, um, that makes it so much harder. So I was just keen to get numbers, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you, first, you mentioned earlier your first game didn't go so well. You've, you've done your knee. What, what was the, the thoughts then? I imagine the, uh, the Murak hierarchy would have been uh, pretty unhappy as well. Oh, it was just a disaster. I was played United or Gerard or whatever they were called and did my knee in the second quarter of my first game, <laughs> which was a disaster. Um, no previous knee injuries probably? No, nah, yeah. nothing. It was just an innocuous thing. I just turned and banged down it went. So yeah, that, that that wasn't great, but we did have a did have a pretty good year. We I think we finished up 
um, and there was so much enthusiasm around the club, like mm-hmm. people just pumped just to get just to get just to be uh, competitive. Yep. And we end up winning. I think it was the sixteen round year. We finished seven and nine, mm-hmm. which was huge. Um, and uh, the buzz had been the buzz had well and truly started. I remember the last game of the year. Everyone was saying, "Oh, we're going to be back next year." And so, so it was clear it wasn't going to be just a one off. It was going to be a a longer association than that. Yeah. yeah, and you came back to playing in in two thousand and two, and it was one of the uh, the great years of independent football with the everything going down to that last round. You were sitting second. Yeah, tell us about what happened in that on that fateful Saturday, mate. Well, so three weeks. Actually, I did my. That was in the days before the ladder predictors, mm-hmm. and about four or five games out from the end of the season, we were, you know, there was a very competitive top five, and we were sitting around second or third, or we might have even been top at one stage. Yeah, I think you were. Um, and I sat down and did my ladder predictors, and we struggled against the two Mallee teams because they were bigger and stronger and that than us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I had seen them because we had the worst percentage of the top five. And I had seen a looming disaster. <laughs> I knew we had to beat either East Murray or Browns Well, and we played it. I think it was East Murray, Wanka Browns Well in a row in those last three games. Or it might have the Browns Well and East Murray might be in the other way around. So yeah, so coming into the last round, um, we were second on the ladder. Mm-hmm. And you had the buy, is that right? No, no, we 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 had a match. It was I think it was against East Murray at Marook. Mm-hmm. Um, so and we lost and we dropped from second to fifth. Yeah. And so we missed the finals. Uh, and so we beat Wanker in the middle, but we had to win one of those games against Brownswell or East Murray, and we lost both. And I remember a bloke called uh, Mark Girolamo had a shot for goal about five, or oh, maybe ten metres out to win the game for us, and he missed. I reckon he might have hit the post. Yeah. So right. that's how close. Wow. That's that's how close it came down to us, and uh, that was. Uh, yeah, that was a real kick in the guts to go from second with one game to go to Mr. Finals altogether and to add Sultan to the wound. I was going to say there's a bit of a fixturing nightmare there. Yeah, or? it was. We played the two Mallee teams multiple times. Three times, is that right? I think, I, I think it was. Yeah. And we played Peringa and Lurup only once each. Mm-hmm. Um, and beat them. Beat them both times. And, and they, they, played played, the they played in the grand final. Not saying that would have happened, mm-hmm. but... You know, your mind plays tricks on you and thinks, if only we, we could have made it, mm. who, who knows what could have happened. So yeah, uh, that's the one that got away and that that uh, programming was just horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll put it this way, if you, you'd win, you're, you're playing against the Pringer or the following, following second, week in the second semi. Second semi, yeah. You're not going to have to play against the Brownsville or East Murray. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. One of those things that certainly could have it's been disaster. Disaster. <laughs> It was a shocker. I remember at work, at the locks of news, I was just inconsolable for the week after that. It was just the uh, you know it was, all, it was almost worse than losing a grand final. Um, yeah. It was just we were that close to, to making it and to miss out. You know, in the last one minute of the season to go from second to fifth was just disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine, mate. Um, you bounced back though, obviously the, the following year, and and the Warriors did finally return to finals, which is fantastic. And in two thousand and three, and I think you guys were top of the table most of the year. Is that right? Yeah, but only lost one minor round game, and that was to Cobby that year. Yep. Yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah, up down at Lerup in the grand final, up against um, mighty Mick Durden's East Murray Tigers, and didn't yep. go to plan, did it? No, that's right. We um, played them, was it three or four times during the year? Uh, and they were always close games. So they were 50-50 games until late into the last quarter. Yeah. And we just got lucky and, you know, zigged when we should have zigged 
and zagged when we should have zagged and we managed to win every game against them but they were super competitive games and they might have got a few goals in front and then we'd kick a few in a row so there wasn't much between the two teams and then yeah we played them in the grand final Europe and the you know, things were going well at quarter time and then the wheels fell off for various reasons after that and we got end up losing by fifty odd points, I reckon. Yeah. So yeah. so which is worse, that loss or the or the one the year before to, to miss the finals? That loss was the worst, yeah, because yeah, of the circumstances. Mm. Um we were up you know the story, we were up six goals to two, I reckon, like that early in the second quarter. Mm. Um and then I got knocked out. Uh and like completely knocked out and uh, came to sort of and then you know after after half time and then uh, yeah they were already in front and then they just ran away with it in the second half yeah so yeah it was a disaster yeah fair enough um, 2004 Duthie medal night yeah fun memories or <laughs> so yeah so because of because 2003 was such an awful way to finish the season I really um really focused on 2004 really you know, trained my guts out over the summer and <laughs> um, was in pretty good nick for 2004 season um, and you know obviously playing some reasonable footy in the first seven rounds and then in the eighth game I wasn't going to play um, then one of the guys pulled out because I was just feeling a bit sore one of the guys pulled out with a cold <laughs> um, so I didn't want to say I played and it was against East Murray East Murray and cold. I did I thought it was cold. I, I won't name the bloke, but I remember who it was. Um, so I sat on the bench and uh, ended up coming on in the second quarter and then did my knee. Yeah. Um, and uh, fast forward to Doofy night, and after seven games, I had 16 votes, and it was like, you know, eight or mm. ten votes in front of the next person, and ended up finishing second at the end of the night because I knew that after... I wouldn't get any votes after round eight, so yeah. I was just sitting there watching my league getting edged, <laughs> edged away. I still managed to finish runner-up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the year Russ and, and Russell Charles and Nathan Degenhart yeah. tied for it? Yeah. yeah. So how far in front of you were they? No, 18 to 16, I think. Yeah, right. So yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, one bloke doesn't have a cold and you're, you're probably a, a healthy medalist, mate. Yeah. Well, I just, just feel my body needed a rest as you get a bit older. Yeah. <laughs> So I was just keen to have a week off and, uh, yeah, I wish I had it now. But anyway, my knee might have gone in, in the next game. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, you obviously did your knee, but you, you came back and famously played with no ACL yeah. um, in that grand final against Lirup at, at Perunga. Um, yeah. what, what's, was that always the plan that you were going to play? or? So the plan was we played Lirup in the second semi and if we won, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't going to play in it. I was not going to play in the grand final because I figured that okay we didn't we can win without me, mm-hmm. um, and then we got well and truly hammered in the second semi, um, and I thought what's well, worth a gamble because we can't put out the same team and expect to beat them you know with with that same team so yeah. put myself in and it was a mistake probably in hindsight um, and we got hammered pretty much the exact margin again. Yeah, and I didn't. I hardly got near it. They were a pretty formidable team in two thousand and four. They Lyric. Yeah, and even during the season, even though we beat them, um, I knew in the back of my mind that we would have trouble once they got their full side assembled, well coached, yeah. um, and super talented team. And uh, I knew we'd struggle with them in the in the finals when they had their full lineup, and we lost 
our best player, Aaron Cook, during the year, mm-hmm. and then we, you know, it wasn't ideal me being out as well. Yeah. Um, so I knew we were up against it. Yeah. For sure. Um, there's been there were some real characters at your at your club at the time, wasn't there? You know, you, you mentioned guys like Vandy and, and Nobby, but you know, Jared Loxton. There was Trav Voigt a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, Elton Noble, Shane Uren, some real real characters around the football club. Um, and I imagine there'd be some some pretty funny stories from from around that time with Murrup. Yeah, Tom Gratz was another one. Yep. Yeah. Um, Neville. Neville. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> um, yeah, we had look, we had Rob McLean there. Yeah, of course. years, Rob was hilarious. Um, yeah, we had a had a, we had a ball, uh, and just a really good bunch of blokes. That's what kept me such a good bunch of bloke and blokes and the community as well were pretty close to their footy club. Your Jeff Nispels and your John Wills, uh, you know, um, all... All those blokes, the Whites that are down there, the White family and um, the Clodens, you know, all really good quality people that made being at Marooka a pleasure. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the banter in the change rooms was always uh, legendary. You'd hear stories about it. And yeah. um, one particular story about Darren Vanderwood and Todd Elliott and a yes. pair of underwear. Yeah, so Todd Elliott was a bloke who came sort of a bit later in the pe- about one of my last years there, I reckon. He's a good footballer. Yeah, and big, as you know, big, mm. strong pretty tough dude like one of those blokes you'd rather play for you than against you yeah um didn't say much but he's pretty brutal out on the field at times and he was a big unit and vandy had noticed vandy's a bit weird vandy had noticed had had taken notice that after he'd had his shower he'd put on the same fresh pair of jocks every every like after every game yep and it was the same pair like this fresh pair so vandy went to the trouble of buying the same pair of jocks, <laughs> but in boys' size. <laughs> so we all knew what was, we all knew what was, what was going on. So big, big Todd's rocked out after this game at East Murray or Brownswell or whatever, and um, we were all sort of watching him very sort of slyly. Mm. And he's had his shower, dried off, and he's reached into his bag and picked out the jocks that looked the same as he always put on. And he's put on these, and he's tried to pull on this pair of boys' jocks. <laughs> And the whole the whole room had just started pissing ourselves laughing, poor old Todd. They didn't know what was going on. Oh, that's brilliant. And yeah, obviously it was the uh, the Vandy special, wasn't it? You know, Vandy would pull out a few things in the in the change rooms from time to time. Well, he was also brave enough and stupid enough to put the deep heat down Tom Gratz's undies. Wow! And Tom Gratz, when he punches, he punches hard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we were in on that one as well. So because Tom come out and he just talks a mile a minute. Tom always talking and uh, he's put on his jocks and we're looking waiting for it and all of a sudden he's and it's just clicked (laughs) (laughs) and Vandy was off (laughs) I bet he was (laughs) that's a great culture isn't it and I've always believed that um, you know clubs with good culture um, not only obviously perform well on the field but also have the greatest footy trips and Kingston was a bit legendary for some of the footy trips you guys had as well yeah it was Um, I thought they were a bit lame when I first got there because coming from Barmer where Footy trip was the king. Well, Barbara had a bit of a rep there for a while, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it was good and good and bad in the latter years. But mm. f- the footy trip was king at Barmer. It was you know you had to be on it, and it was a big focus. And so I've come from Barmer to Marook, and uh, I said, okay, we'll let the boys do it first year, and it was pretty lame trip mm. the first year to be fair. Yeah. And uh, who organised that one? Uh, a, a stalwart of the club. Let's call, let's call it that. <laughs> <laughs> played 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 a lot of games for me, but I won't name him. Um, 
So then I took over after the first year and we cranked them up and we yep. had some peelers down to Victor and Newry and went to Handoff as well, like, like all, all footy clubs. Yeah, mm-hmm. we look forward to the trips. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um, you mentioned some great people along along the way there at Brook and obviously there's a, a couple that um, no longer with us and, and their, um, their passing had a profound effect on you and Phil Waters and, and Vic Moreno who were um, big parts of the Brook Kingston um, Football club, weren't they? Yeah, Vic was the first one to go, and that was in two thousand and three. Mm. Um, and he was. I remember uh, we swapped that that home game over yeah. Brook and Peringa delay yeah. guys to. Yeah, that was great if Peringa did. Yeah. Do yeah. that to give us a home game. Mm. Um, Vic was played all his footy at Maroo. He was committee member. He's probably president, secretary. Is just the one of the guys that's the backbone of a footy club and to boot he was just the nicest bloke you'd ever meet like yeah. nobody would have a bad word to say about Vic and he was a good f- footballer at that level as well so we lost Vic to an awful uh, condition midway through 2003 and that's another thing that made losing that grand final so disappointing because we we're all so keen to win it for Vic and Vic's family which is mm. the Moranas and the Wills yeah. which are you know an integral part of Morocco. so that was really disappointing and then a few years later um, we lost Phil Waters, who was a good mate of mine as well, someone that I coached and played footy with. And we lost Phil to suicide and that was, you know, I had to make the phone calls um, about that to, to the boys and that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because um, mm. we're also close to Phil and, uh, yeah, that was just a really a challenging time for us all, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, um, yeah well, nobody obviously likes to lose people at any time but when they're such good people like Vic and, and Phil yeah. Um, yeah it makes it makes it pretty tough yeah um, so you finished up playing at the end of 08 is that right yeah you came so back and played a couple of years after the yeah so I didn't play in 05 and then had a year off and had a knee reconstruction and worked really hard to get back from that I wasn't happy with how things finished um, in the grand final being on one leg so mm-hmm. I, I said I want to play at least one more year um we convinced Trav Voigt to coach Marook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came back and played the end of 2007 and didn't play very well. Um, and so I, once again, you know, had a real crack over the summer and was able to play you know, 10 or 11 or 12 games in 2008. Yeah. And I was happy with that and I was done. I think in your words, able to go out on your own terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was, I was you know, so I had a solid year, um, was a contributor and... Uh, finished without any injuries which was great yeah absolutely yeah. Um, in that time as well I think it was at the end of oh, or near the end of 07 um, you had moved from the editor's uh, sports editor's chair at Murray Pioneer to the Locks News and then in, at the end of 07 um, you took on the job as editor of the Murray Pioneer one of the biggest papers in, in regional um, South Australia I imagine that would have been a, a pretty amazing time for you as well yeah it was great so that was actually end of 06 that 06 I, wasn't yeah, yeah so, so for yeah. 2007 I was at the Pioneer Oh, it was great, yeah. Um, uh, loved my time at the Loxton News and then got the opportunity to go back to um, the Pioneer um, and you were working there, which was great, um, working with you and we both loved our footy, which made life a lot more interesting and easier. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, they're the best years of your life when you look back at them now. Yeah, the previous editor wasn't a big fan of sports, so... Have you come in was a bit of a breath of fresh air for myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we nearly had the art. I think we did have the arts on the back page there at one stage instead oh, of sport, no. which is um, a nightmare. But um, no, no. <laughs> a big step up though from Loxton News to, to Murray Pioneer. Um, yeah, it was a lot more 
Yeah, I mean, Locks News was once a week. And Pioneer at that stage was twice a week. Mm-hmm. Pioneer had a lot more employees. Um, and uh, Loxton News is very Loxton-centric, as the name would suggest. And the Pioneer, you know, was a lot bigger publication. So it was a step up, but I loved it. I reveled in it and um, enjoyed every every minute of it. So I never thought of it as a chore. It was just a, I used to love going to work every morning. Yep. Yeah. A few awards along the way as well. And I imagine it would have been... Um, yeah, something, yeah, like you say, you enjoy coming to work. But what was the most enjoyable uh, part of working for such a, a big paper and something that's you know, part of the fabric of the Riverland community? Probably two things. One is that every day is different, every hour is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just such a blessing in any sort of job, as I knew from the bank, where we'd pretty much do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And um, then just being able to tell being able to tell people's stories, you know, and mm-hmm. having some creative license with it as well. As you know, Nick, you know, you're a great storyteller yourself, so um, you feel quite privileged to be able to, you know, um, be part of people's lives for that short moment and tell tell the stories and also, um, you know, just be have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the Riverland. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, and I imagine um, some of those stories would have been people close to you as well um, along the way, so the chance to to tell um, or get those stories out there. And I imagine, yeah, um, that there would have been people that you made friends with along the way as well. Um, people that you might not have thought you would have you know, 20 years ago, but being in this job, it's um, giving you the opportunity to, to meet a whole bunch of new people. Oh yeah, so many people you meet as friends across the Riverland. And in footy, for example, um, uh, when we used to, when I used to do the footy Grand Finals and the final used to be the main footy rider, which you were mm-hmm. for many years. Um, I really enjoyed, even though I was playing for Barmer, I really enjoyed the Locks North era, mm-hmm. um, just because David Crutchfield was just such a champion bloke. Yeah. Um, to, to the point where I talked to him after their Grand Finals, and he'd invite me out to the Locks North Footy Club for their post-match celebrations. And I went out there a few times after they won the flag, and because they were such a good bunch of blokes, you know, your Matt Grummets and mm-hmm. your Robbie Bennings and... Paul Senefani's and all those dudes, really, really good blokes. So here's me playing for Barmer and I'm going out, um, you know, yeah. sort of being there while they're celebrating their flag and that's just because, you know, fellow like David Crutchfield was such a legendary bloke. So, um, but yeah. yeah, but that, and that's just just repeated across outside of sport. You get involved with people who you, you, uh, you're lucky enough to cover their stories. So that's one of the huge advantages of being a journalist. Yeah, thanks. Excellent. Um, obviously, 2014, um, back on the footy topic, 2014, Brooke Kingston actually came through and broke through for the flag. Um, I, I imagine that would have been a really happy day for you, um, you know, having come there in 2001 and, and res- almost rescued the club um, and to finally see them actually win that flag. Um, was that a happy day or a bit of a bit, bit of sweet moment as well that you never never quite got there yourself? Um, oh, look, I've been out of it for that long that... Um, that any of that natural jealousy was gone. Um, so had it been a year or two after I'd left, to be honest, I, I would have been had mixed feelings. But because I've been out of it for that long, um, I was somewhat detached from it, and I was, you know, obviously, you know, had really pleased to see Maruk win, and particularly pleased for Joey Abdullah, who I coached um, for years at Maruk and um, had battled away and never won a flag. So I was really happy for Joey, mm-hmm. happy for some of the seniors around the club, like some of the. At the admins, you know, the um, staff are, are around the club, and obviously happy for the boys, but um, 
yeah, I obviously wasn't as close to the scene then. So, um, yeah. yeah, it didn't affect me negatively at all. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's good. It was good that they finally got through, but then obviously the, the sadness coming a couple of years later when they when they withdrew from the competition. I imagine for yourself and um, a lot of people around that, that region and people who have been involved with the football club, that was a, a pretty dark day. Yeah, I mean, that was really difficult when we heard that they weren't going to, that they were going to essentially fold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was just a real, yeah, left you with a real empty feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and for people that have been involved a lot longer than me, it would have been even worse, I, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, I knew how bad I felt and I was only out there for eight years. Mm. So I can only imagine how bad those who were out there a lot longer than me must have felt and uh, left a, still left a huge hole in the community there. Yeah. You ever so, see them coming back, do you think? Well, you know, in this environment, it's hard to see it. Um, mm. a, every year I hear a few whispers. You yeah, know, I've had a few. <laughs> yeah, so I'd love to see it and I'd be happy to help out if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be a long shot. Yeah, yeah it's always a bit difficult to come out, particularly after so long out of the competition as well. It's not like it's just a one-year mm. one year thing. Yeah. Um, I've got some quick questions for you now, mate. Just okay. Some uh, five quick questions just to finish off on. All right. Um, firstly, greatest... Or, Best teammate you ever played with? Best player or best teammate? Best player slash teammate, yeah. Best player was probably Damien Lister, mm-hmm. Barmer, and at Marook, two spring to mind. Tom Gratz, amazing. Would have loved to have seen him in his prime 20 years earlier. Would have been mm-hmm. awesome. And the first year we had a fella called Baden Moore out there, mm-hmm. an Aboriginal bloke, and he was, he was nothing he couldn't do on the field. So they're probably the two that spring to mind at Marook. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Toughest opponent? Um... I stood Craig Nutchy for a match down at Wakery. Mm-hmm. It would have been a pretty tough game. Uh, it was a night game at halftime. He had one goal one or something like that, or one goal two, and I was getting pats on the back. And then when we walked off, end of the game, he had eight. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd probably be right up there, I think, Nutchy. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Um, Britney Spears or Taylor Swift? I know you're a fan of both. Um, probably, probably Taylor Swift. You've been to see both of them, though, haven't you? No, I haven't. I haven't saw Brittany. Yeah, I saw Brittany when, yeah. when I was in Melbourne and my dad. Yeah. And it was, it was not great. <laughs> um, yeah. Next. <laughs> you're, you've always been a Carlton man, but yeah. I know you you sort of jumped off the bandwagon a little bit there. Carlton or Collingwood? Oh, geez. Can I have both? No. Um, pass. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Who was the better sports editor than me or you? You. Nah, I don't think so. I'll tell you what, the bloke in the chair at the moment is doing a good job. Yeah, he is. Yep, yeah. yep absolutely. And a challenging job at the moment, that's for sure. Mm, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us, mate. Really um, fantastic chat, I think. Got a great, bit of great insight into uh, particularly those Marook times um, and, and to your personal battles with, with injuries and things like that. So, uh, thanks, mate. Fantastic to have a chat with you and all the best for the future. Thanks, Deli. Have a good one. You too, mate.